This morning's reading is taken from 1 Kings, chapter 21, verses 1 to 22. Sometime later, there was an incident involving a vineyard belonging to Naboth, the Jezreelite. The vineyard was in Jezreel, so close to the palace of Ahab, king of Samaria. Ahab said to Naboth, Let me have your vineyard to use for a vegetable garden, since it's close to my palace. In exchange, I will give you a better vineyard, or, if you prefer, I will pay you whatever it's worth. But Naboth replied, The Lord forbid that I should give you the inheritance of my ancestors. So Ahab went home sullen and angry because Naboth, the Jezreelite, had said, I will not give you the inheritance of my ancestors. He lay on his bed sulking and refused to eat. His wife Jezebel came in and asked him, Why are you so sullen? Why won't you eat? He answered her, Because I said to Naboth the Jezreelite, Sell me your vineyard, or if you prefer, I'll give you another vineyard in its place. But he said, I will not give you my vineyard. Jezebel, his wife, said, Is this how you act as king over Israel? Get up and eat. Cheer up. I'll get you the vineyard of Naboth the Jezreelite. So she wrote letters in Ahab's name, placed his seal on them, and sent them to the elders and nobles who lived in Naboth's city with him. In those letters, she wrote, Proclaim a day of fasting and give Naboth a prominent seat among the people, but put two scoundrels opposite him and get them to bring charges that he has cursed both God and the king, then take him out and stone him to death. So the elders and nobles who lived in Naboth city did as Jezebel directed in the letters she had written to them. They proclaimed a fast and seated Naboth in a prominent place among the people. Then two scoundrels came and sat opposite him and brought charges against Naboth before the people, saying, Naboth has cursed both God and the king. So they took him outside the city and stoned him to death. Then they sent word to Jezebel, Naboth has been stoned to death. As soon as Jezebel heard that Naboth had been stoned to death, she said to Ahab, get up and take possession of the vineyard of Naboth the Jezreelite that he refused to sell you. He is no longer alive but dead. When Ahab heard that Naboth was dead, he got up and went down to take possession of Naboth's vineyard. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah the Tishbite. Go down to meet Ahab, king of Israel, who rules in Samaria. He is now in Naboth's vineyard, where he has gone to take possession of it. Say to him, this is what the Lord says. Have you not murdered a man and seized his property? Then say to him, this is what the Lord says. In the place where dogs licked up Naboth's blood, dogs will lick up your blood. Yes, yours. Ahab said to Elijah, So you have found me, my enemy. I have found you, he answered, because you have sold yourself to do evil in the eyes of the Lord. He says, I am going to bring disaster on you. I will wipe out your descendants and cut off from Ahab every last male in Israel, slave or free. 
I will make your house like that of Jeroboam, son of Nebat, and that of Baasha, son of Ahijah, because you have aroused my anger and have caused Israel to sin. This is God's word. May these words of my mouth and these meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. Our Lord, our rock and redeemer. Amen. Justice. Fairness. Evenness. That's the way the world should work. And in the UK, according to the Office of National Statistics, we love doctors. We trust them. We trust judges. And we trust the police. And so when these people in these positions do something unjust, lying, covering up, and we expect them to be just, we find it really hard to see their injustice. And we saw that with Hillsborough in 1989, where 96 people died. And for the last 27 years, their families have been trying to uh, bring evidence and bring witnesses to courts and try and prove that they were innocent. They wanted justice, fairness and evenness. But they didn't get it. At the time, the police blamed the supporters, the football supporters, for being drunk and arriving late and uh, their own fault that they got crushed and died. And the original inquest in 1991 said it was an accidental death. They died accidentally. How do you feel when you see injustice by these people who are supposed to bring justice? Sometimes I wonder how to respond, and maybe you wonder how to respond as well. And God says to us, I don't like injustice either. And that's good because God is in the business of justice. God won't allow governments to get away with it. He won't allow police departments to get away with it either because God is in the business of justice. So in our, we're in this series of One Kings. We've been uh, working through from the beginning, now slowly through the book. And we saw at the beginning Solomon started off well. King Solomon started off well. He was obeying God's laws. He was following and doing right things. But then by about chapter 3, things started to decline. And then since then, we've seen a gradual, gradual decline all the way until the last chapter, chapter 20, where Ahab is, is just doing terrible things. You can imagine uh, in the North Korea with Kim Jong-un, um, this evil dictator. And that's the picture we've got of Ahab at the moment and his descendants just gradually getting worse. And we've titled this series, A Battle of Two Thrones. And these two thrones are between Baal, this fake king, this fake god, and Yahweh, the real living god. And they've got two representatives. Ahab representing Baal, and Elijah representing Yahweh, the true god. Uh, And if you've got the sheets of paper that that were given to you on the way in, we've got two points today. Naboth's injustice, and then Elijah's justice. So if you want to jot down some notes, there's space to do that. So Naboth's injustice, or the injustice done to Naboth. Um, turn with me, if you would, to page 363. We'll look at uh, chapter 21 again. 
So starting at verse 1. Sometime later, there was an incident involving a vineyard belonging to Naboth, the Jezreelite. The vineyard was in Jezreel, close to the palace of Ahab, king of Samaria. Ahab said to Naboth, Let me have your vineyard to use for a vegetable garden, since it is close to my palace. In exchange, I'll give you a better vineyard, or if you prefer, I will pay you whatever it's worth. But Naboth replied, The Lord forbid that I should give you the inheritance of my ancestors. So we can always picture it, can't we? Evil King Ahab in his huge palace, and next door is Naboth with his vegetable patch, with his garden. Uh, sorry, with his vineyard. And Ahab comes along, he knocks at the door, and he wants to build a vineyard, a veg, I'm getting around the wrong way, aren't I? He wants to build a vegetable patch there, next to the palace, to provide for his kitchens and his food things. And it seems like a reasonable deal, doesn't it? Let me have your vineyard for use, for a vegetable garden, since it's close to my palace, and I'll give you a better vineyard, or whatever it's worth. And so, Naboth's response in verse 3 seems a bit odd, doesn't it? But Leviticus 25, a few chapters earlier, we know that the land given to God's people is part of his covenant, and you can't sell it whenever you want. There are special situations when you can sell your land, and this is one of them. And Ahab should know that, really. He's a king, and according to Deuteronomy 17, he should be reading his Bible and know God's laws and rules. And he clearly doesn't. Or if he does, he's not abiding by them. And so what Naboth does is actually the right thing. The Lord forbid that I should give you the inheritance, this land, of my ancestors. And a minor application there is for us. He's a model He knows God's word and he does it. Lord forbid that we should do anything shady to get ahead. For example, uh, receiving a larger share of our end-of-year bonuses by doing something a little bit dodgy. The story continues, verse 4. So Ahab went home sullen and angry because Naboth, the Jezreelite, had said, I will not give you the inheritance of my ancestors. He lay on his bed sulking and refused to eat. His wife Jezebel came in and asked him, Why are you so sullen? Why won't you eat? And he answered her, Because I said to Moth the Jezreelite, Sell me your vineyard, or if you prefer, I will give you another vineyard in its place. But he said, I will not give you my vineyard. Then Jezebel says, Is this how you act as king over Israel? Get up and eat. Cheer up. I'll get you the vineyard of Naboth the Jezreelite. So Ahab goes home and sulks. He's a crybaby. He's pathetic. And also, he lies. Do you see what he says there? He misquotes Naboth. Verse 6, end of verse 6. I will not give you my vineyard. That's not what he says. He says, Lord forbid, I'll give you the inheritance of my ancestors. So he lies as well. He's a bit of a baby, isn't he? But unlike a baby, he's powerful. He has an army, has a military He has a temper. He's very dangerous. And we can think of Kim Jong-un. And we've seen him in the past remove people from his leadership whenever he wants. It's very dangerous, but also he's a big baby. And it's terrifying that someone like this is playing around with nuclear weapons. And it's terrifying that someone like this with this much power 
uh, is a baby as well. Verse 8. So she wrote letters, Jezebel wrote letters in Ahab's name, placed his seal on them, and sent them to the elders and nobles who lived in the boss city with him. In those letters she wrote, Proclaim a day of fasting and bring Naboth, a prominent seat among the people. But put two scoundrels opposite him and get them to bring charges that he has cursed both God and the king. Then take him out and stone him to death. So the elders and nobles who lived in Naboth city did as Jezebel directed in the letters she had written to them. They proclaimed a fast and seated Naboth in a prominent place among the people. Then two scoundrels came and sat opposite him and brought charges against Naboth before the people, saying, Naboth has cursed both God and the king. So they took him outside the city and stoned him to death. Then they sent word to Jezebel, Naboth has been stoned to death. So Jezebel's plan is to set up a kangaroo court. It's really sad seeing this happen. An innocent man who obeyed God was killed. We hate seeing injustice, don't we? We hate seeing injustice like this. uh, Of kings and queens abusing their power. People that should be protecting uh, their own citizens abusing their power. We see injustice everywhere. On a global scale, recently we've seen Russia annex Crimea. Innocent citizens get caught up in the war. And on the local scale, I, no one died here, but I remember a few weeks ago my aunt saying uh, that her neighbours knew the principal to a school, so their kids were able to get into the school, but her kids weren't. And we see injustice on a local scale as well. And some of us may know that doing the right thing at home like my aunt or at work may mean that we don't get the promotions or the opportunities or the bonuses that we deserve. And sometimes Christians don't do the right thing. We're very unwise. Sometimes we're far too worried about our own rights. But even if we are gracious and we are kind, and we are gentle, and we are trying really hard to do the right thing, it may still land Christians on the wrong side of the law. I had this friend in China, a girl called Shonghua, and um, she was part of this church that was growing in Beijing. Um, It was getting up to about a 1,000 people, which is quite large for house churches in Beijing. And they tried to buy a a building, and they got all the money together, something like £2 million. They tried to purchase it. But then the government told the landlord they were not allowed to, or the seller, they're not allowed to give the keys to the church because they wanted to break it up into smaller churches. But the elders of the church said, no, we want to keep meetings together. This is the right thing to do. And my friend, Shonghua, as part of this church, uh, went and joined them. They met in the streets and had a service there. But then the police got involved. They went to, their, went to their bosses and said, tell Shanghua not to meet at church. They then went to her parents and said, tell Shanghua not to meet at church. She was trying to do the right thing. She was trying to meet up with Christians and worship together, but it landed her on the wrong side of the law. It was unjust, really. And we've seen here that Neboth has suffered injustice. And we read the Bible and we know the The Bible is a book about God. So where do we see God in this story? 
Well, the extraordinary, the first time God came to earth was not to bring justice, but to suffer injustice. Where is God? Well, we see a shadow of Jesus in Naboth. And when we see Naboth in this situation, speaking God's word faithfully with the kangaroo court, with these false witnesses, and then killed and left outside the city, it's hard not to be reminded of Jesus. In Matthew 29, in the New Testament, in verses 59 and 60, we see almost exactly the same situation with Jesus. Let me read that to you. Matthew 29. It's on the screen behind me. Oh, there we go. The chief priests and the whole Sanhedrin were looking for false evidence against Jesus so they could put him to death. But they could not find any, though many false witnesses came forward. What happened with Naboth happened to Jesus. Unlike Naboth or Jesus, we're unlikely to be killed in the UK for doing the right thing. But we should all be prepared for doing the right thing. And honouring God might make life harder. It may not bring us reward, but trouble. We may suffer injustice. So that's Naboth's injustice. Now let's turn to Elijah's justice. So Naboth is dead. He said one sentence, and he's dead. He's outside the city, and it looks like Ahab and his wife Jezebel have won. It looks like in this story of the two thrones that Baal has won. And we can almost picture it, can't we? Ahab has turned up at the vineyard. He's got contractors in, chopping down the vines. He's got uh, laborers digging up the roots, and they're preparing to plant their vegetables for next season. And there's no sense of remorse. Naboth is dead, and they seem to have gotten away with it. And in a similar way, the 96 who died at Hillsborough uh, looked like they, they were guilty. It looked like they lost. It looked like justice wasn't going to be served. And it looked like the police and the ambulance, the other emergency services, would get away with it. And 27 years later, the police constables and chiefs retired with their reputations and their pensions all intact. And they seem to have gotten away with it as well. The 96 football fans were dead and their memories smeared as drunken hooligans. But then in April 2014, when the facts were all laid out, 800 witnesses came forward and gave their testimonies. And justice came at last for the 96 people when the case was revisited. And then the jury last week, after hearing these 800 witnesses, said that the South Yorkshire police were found guilty of unlawfully killing the 96. Finally, justice, fairness, evenness. The South Yorkshire police seemed to have gotten away from it for all those years. And Ahab and our passage seemed to get away with it as well. But then verse 17, read with me. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah the Tishbite. Go down to meet Ahab, king of Israel, who rules in Samaria. He is now in Naboth's vineyard, where he has gone to take possession of it. Say to him, this is what the Lord says. Have you not murdered a man and seized his property? Then say to him, this is what the Lord says. In the place where dogs licked up Naboth's blood, dogs will lick up your blood. Yes, yours. 
So justice does come in the form of Elijah. And Elijah tells Ahab that he's been seen and that God sees everything. Ahab couldn't run away from God. The truth of Hillsborough finally caught up with the police and the truth of Naboth finally caught up with Ahab. It's encouraging to know that God sees everything. Verse 20, Ahab said to Elijah, so you have found me, my enemy. I have found you, he answered, because you have sold yourself to do evil in the eyes of the Lord. He says, I'm going to bring disaster on you. I will wipe out your descendants and cut off from Ahab every last male in Israel, slave or free. I will make your house like that of Jeroboam, son of Nebat, and that of Barshan, son of Ahijah, because you have roused my anger and have caused Israel to sing. So initially, Ahab came knocking at Naboth's door at his vineyard. It was terrifying. With his reputation, Naboth would have known what was coming. But then Elijah came knocking at exactly the same vineyard, at exactly the same door, when it also would have been terrifying. Elijah also has a reputation for justice. Ahab must have been scared. Justice was going to be served. And he didn't say much. He knew he was guilty. It is great news that God is in the business of justice. Often we're told that the best thing about God is his love. And it is great. It is wonderful about God's love. And we see Paul in the New Testament talk about how wonderful God's love is. But so is his justice. And we see that here. And justice is, is inbuilt in us. Um, I don't know what your first words were. Most people, it's mum or dad. My first word was more. Uh, I hope JD's first words would be Baba Wa'aini. But we'll see, we'll see what happens. Quickly he'll learn to say no. And quickly he'll learn to say that's not fair. Children learn very quickly to say that's not fair. Because we have this inbuilt sense of justice inside us. There are lots of unfair things happening around the world at the moment. Lots of injustice. Globally, with, as I've mentioned, North Korea with Kim Jong-un, Mugabe and Zimbabwe, Boko Haram. We could go on and on and on. And locally, my aunt and the, the, the schools and the small injustice there, maybe you'll work with promotions. Some people are doing slightly dodgy things to get ahead, slightly unethical things. But justice, fairness, and evenness is coming. And in the New Testament, we find out in Acts 17 that the person to bring that justice, the person who's going to be God's judge, is Jesus. He's going to be a judge for the universe. So we can be sure that all wrongs will be righted from the global to the local. And what a comfort for those suffering under Kim Jong-un those suffering under Mugabe, under Bok Haram, for my aunt, for my friend Shanghua in China, and for any of us here suffering injustice. But I guess if you're like me, there is a slightly unsettling thought that comes when you think of a God who will bring perfect justice. No one here is Ahab or Kim Jong-un, but we all have been selfish We've all caused some hurt to someone sometime. And the Bible calls this sin. And God needs to be just, fair, and even with us as well. Jesus, unlike Naboth, is not just another victim of injustice. 
His life was full of justice, fairness, evenness, but not just full of this. It was also full of righteousness. He became sin for us. He took the blame. He bore the wrath. And the New Testament speaks of him being a substitute for anyone who trusts in him, who took the punishment we deserve uh, from a just God instead of us. And now when we trust in him, we can find mercy and forgiveness rather than judgment, unlike Ahab who understands God as an enemy here. The court case with Hillsborough is a, is a small picture of what will happen in the future. All the injustice will be made right because God is in the business of justice. Naboth is a picture of Jesus' first coming and Elijah is a picture of Jesus' second coming, knocking at our door. It's great news that Hillsborough, the case came through that the people that died were found innocent, that the truth came out, that their names were cleared. It is great when justice is successful. It's great news that the truth of Naboth came out. And it's great news that the throne of Baal or any other throne won't last compared to the throne of Yahweh. It is great news that our God is in the business of justice. But perhaps the greatest news of all is that the God of justice is also in the business of mercy for those who turn back to him. Let's pray. Father, we give thanks that you're a God of justice and we give thanks that you're a God of mercy too. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.